helped me in the aftermath of Sean's death and who I went to go visit. And so I, although Sean's death is, is very much an integral part of the story, I never wanted to write a book just about Sean's death. It was much more of the process afterwards. So tell me more about that process. You say you, there were a group of Israeli girls mm -hmm. that really helped you. How did they first come into the picture? Almost immediately. So the two Israeli girls, um, I didn't know their name for probably about 24 hours, but they were there um, when Sean died on the beach. I ran to get help from a crowded bar and a bunch of tourists followed us back to the sand. And although I didn't know it at the time, those two girls were there watching this all happen. And then Sean's body was loaded into the back of a truck. It was taken to a clinic. And these girls followed on foot to the clinic. They had to ask directions. They didn't know where they were going. So they were at the clinic when he was pronounced dead, when it was official. And there was one other Westerner in the clinic at a time. And as soon as he was pronounced dead, she basically got up and left. Um, I think it, it was just too much for her to handle. Um, and the Israeli girls stayed with me and they insisted that the death certificate be translated. They stopped me from signing it before it was translated. They insisted that I be allowed some time alone with him. They were very aggressive at a time when that was what I needed and when I wasn't, I didn't have a voice myself because I was in too much shock. The next day I was told I had to be at the police station and I spent eight hours at the police station the next day and they insisted on coming and they insisted on offering their signatures when the police wanted four male witnesses to Sean's death. So without them, I would have signed a document I didn't understand that said that Sean had died from a drunk drowning. I could have been accused of just about anything with the police. Um, I mean, they really saved my life and I don't know where I would be without them. And as part of the journey that I took after Sean's death, I went to Israel to visit them. So there's a real warmth in the story, really, like how you can rely on the kindness of strangers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think what those two girls did, they were 21 years old. They never talked to me. They'd never met me. It was so above and beyond, I believe, what the average person would do. And so those were the kind of things that I wanted to focus on. Um, although Sean's death is, is kind of the backbone, there, were, there are also some amazing incidences of warmth and surprising, surprising bits of beautiful human nature. And have these girls and other people around you, your friends and family, read the book and had, I don't know, feedback's the right word, or how have they reacted to it? Um, so I'm still in touch with one of the girls. We talk quite often on the phone, and I've sent her the book, and she's, <laughs> her English isn't, isn't amazing. So she's kind of started with Israel bits, and now she's kind of jumping around. And so far, she says it, it's amazing for her to read. Um, I don't think she's managed to read the whole book yet, but she's working on it. And I think my friends and family, I mean, a lot of people say they can hear my voice in it. They remember parts that I hadn't remembered. I mean, I think it's strange when you read a book from someone you know really well, especially if you knew them when they were going through that. But so far, everything has been really positive from the people that I know and love in my family. And there are other writers in your family, right? So were you able yes. to take inspiration from, from your mom and from other people? Yeah, so my mom is, is quite a well-known author, and she certainly helped me through the whole process. Um, she's usually my first reader, and she's, I mean, you know, she's, a, she's an amazing writing teacher, so I kind of had that. I think a lot of ways the story was too close to her sometimes, so sometimes like we would need an outside reader, you know, she would say, I just, I, it's too raw, I remember this too well, so let's ask someone who doesn't know the story if, if this is being communicated in the right way. Mm. And what about when it came to considering the audiobook version of this? Um, it's not something you've narrated yourself. Was it difficult to kind of let it go and invite someone else to tell your story? It was, yeah. I, so I got a choice of three actresses and 
I spent a fair bit of time listening to clips. I Googled them because I wanted to kind of see what else they'd done. Um, obviously, what they look like doesn't matter, but you kind of, you, you want to be able to get an image in your eye. Um, so I listened to the three actresses and my mom, my agent and I all decided on the same actress and kind of without discussing it, we all said it's definitely this one, definitely this one, definitely this one. But it was, it was kind of hard to let go. She, she contacted me and she wanted some help with the pronunciation of a name. And I kind of thought, only one name? There's, there's loads of things I can talk to you about pronunciation. And she said, no, 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 I think I'm good. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I'll leave you to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And have you listened to any of it since? I've listened to very short clips. I'm finding it a little bit tricky to listen to okay. just because it's my life. It's in the first person and it's obviously not my voice. Um, so I think I'm going to try again. I've listened to a little bit and it was um, quite dis discombobulating at first, but I, I'm going to definitely try again. Have you listened to much uh, stuff in audio before? Audiobooks, podcasts? I